Sermon on the Mount. So last week we looked at a tough thing, which is enemies. And that was in chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. We talked about being caring people. We talked about being caring people. You have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies, Jesus said. That was second part of that quote, really not found in context. But Jesus challenged us and said, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's a tough thing to do, particularly when you're uh, coming under fire from all angles and people don't understand you and uh, they may speak all manner of evil against you, Jesus said in Matthew uh, 5.11. And then the reason that we become caring people was that God loves everyone. And he mentioned there uh, that he makes the sun to rise on evil and on good and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. The fact that God provides food for the world is a picture of God's love for his creation. So today now, Jesus, he's always pushing us a little further than the law could ever do. He's always uh, challenging us to live on higher ground. That'd be a great hymn too, right? On higher ground. That's, I love that. I love that hymn. But I want you to know that Jesus is saying that the cost of discipleship is high. It calls for a radical change in the way that we view things, the way that we live our lives. And what we're going to learn today is about secret piety. Secret piety. We like to let the world know what we do, right? We like to be recognized sometimes, and Jesus is calling us to do everything that we do in secret, particularly what we're going to talk about today. Now, what Jesus says is, don't broadcast your giving. And he starts with a warning. He says here, beware of practicing your righteousness. The word beware, prosecco, which means a state of readiness, more particularly to be on guard against an error. So what Jesus starts with here in this word beware is to make us alert at all times to a possible error in the way that we live before the world, in our righteousness. Then he mentions the word righteousness, dikaiosine, dikaiosine. And that word means not what you're thinking. It's the word righteousness, but it's the righteousness in the context of giving to the needy. Normally that word, when Paul uses it, it's in a righteousness in a right relationship with God. But here Jesus is very targeted by saying that this word refers to giving to those in need or acts of charity. Let me say something right up front. It is expected. It is expected of believers to give. Jesus didn't say if. He said, beware of your righteousness. When you give, make sure that you don't do the following. Then he gives the motive. Here's the central issue. Beware of practicing your giving before other people in order to be seen by them. Years ago, I remember a man in my first church, first full-time church, who... 
we were taking up a special offering that morning and I actually had one of the plates and this person pulled out a hundred dollar bill in his pocket and he snapped it in front of my face and he laid it down in the offering plate. I found that odd even as a young pastor that somebody would feel the need to snap a hundred dollar bill in front of me and lay it in the plate. And you go on and you look at that person's life, he, he was a control freak. He believed that since he had money, he had influence in the church. And I wound up having all kinds of problems with him, it should go without saying. Uh, uh, if you want to put it this way, he was trying to buy me off. But that act, I'll never forget that act. And even as a young pastor who was still trying to find his, his own theology, uh, that struck me as odd that he would do that. And of course, in the years that I was there, I realized that uh, his life was all about that. And <laughs> Jesus says, you can't do this to be seen by men. Theomai, to be seen. That word means to be a spectator. You could say he made a spectacle out of himself. A spectator means that you are on a stage like this and you are acting. That's what Jesus meant by to be seen by men. It's to put on a, a front, a show, for those who are watching you give. Jesus said that is the wrong motivation. That is the wrong way to give. That's why he says beware of practicing your giving only to be seen by others. And he was very clear. And that word beware kind of sets the sets the tone in the language it's very strong beware of practicing your righteousness before other people to be seen by them don't get on a stage and announce it don't draw attention to yourself now that brings up a question that i wrestled with this week well what about matthew 5 16 in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. This has nothing to do with giving. This simply means, and we talked about this, as you live your life, let people be drawn to your good works. So that, and notice the purpose, so that you may glorify God and people can see the glory of God in you and therefore are drawn to you. This is something different. This is about giving. There is no conflict here. On one end, yes, we are to live our lives in such a way that people can see the glory of God. But when we give, and I'm talking about financial giving here, when we give, we're not to get on a stage and say, look at me, look what I have given. And we have to be careful with that. Now, when we talk about giving, many of us immediately think of something like this. Somebody that is begging for money, and that is true on one end. But on the other end, this giving is also about a young family in the church who is struggling financially. Let me say this. Because the language is so clear here, it is expected that the body of Christ give to the body of Christ. I've heard people say, well, I see that need, and I'm going to pray about whether I can meet that need. Well, let me push back on you for a minute. 
if you have the financial resources to meet that need I'm not sure it requires a prayer whether you're going to meet that need or not I think it's expected now there may be times I realize that there may be times that you see some consistency in this person where they squander finances that might be a different issue but you know we we get young families older members in our in our congregation that may need help and we see that if we fail to act it becomes problematic um, let me share a personal example with you um, in my last church we lived on the farm and it was right around, it was after Thanksgiving, right before the 1st of December. I can't remember exactly, but it was in that time frame. We had, pro, we had a propane tank. Because when you live out in the farm, you know, <laughs> it's farm country. <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't have all the stuff that we have here. So I had to go fill that tank up. I knew that the tank was running low. And it's over $800 to fill it up. I begrudgingly wrote my check out and went down to pay the 800 and some odd dollars. When I got down to the, to the, to the gas company, and I, I walked in and I said, I'm Mike Frazier. I live out on a farm, and I'm here to, to pay for the fill-up. The guy looked up my name, and he says, there's no need to. And I said, what do you mean there's no need to? He said, it's already been paid. And I went, I, I didn't pay it. And he goes, no, I know, somebody paid it for you. And I said, well, can you tell me who paid? And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. That was secret giving. That was somebody who just did a nice thing, I'm assuming, it wasn't anybody in the community. I'm assuming that it was somebody in the church. So I looked at everybody very suspiciously at Sunday morning. <laughs> Which one of you did that nice thing? Jesus goes on to say the real danger here, the real danger when you get on a stage and you act, is you, you will receive no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That's why we got to be so careful about what we give and how we give it. I think Stuart Weber's correct here. Jesus was not condemning the righteous acts themselves. That's the act of giving. Genuineness was his focus, not the acts themselves. His concern was the motivation behind the action. The same act of obedience can be right or wrong but it depends on the way you did it. You have heard me say this over and over again. The fastest way to get to your motives is asking this question. Why am I doing what I am doing? Because if you answer that question, you say, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to follow Christ? Am I doing this uh, because he, his love compels me to do this? Or am I doing this for some personal gain or motivation? That will get to the heart of the issue real quick. Why am I doing what I am doing? So yes, don't broadcast your giving. Jesus uses now an illustration. 
You know, the sermon process can be divided really into three parts where you are explaining the text, you are illustrating the text, and you are applying the text. What does it mean to me in my life today? That's actually the sermon process. Explanation, illustration, application. And Jesus uses the illustration here. So he's just said what you're not to do. You're not to broadcast before the world. Thus, now notice this in verse 2. Thus, when you give to the needy, it is expected. The church and the church members should never have an unmet need. Particularly when we have the ability to meet those needs. And we have the resources. Now, if you don't have the resources and a need comes up, obviously you can't meet it. But somebody should meet that need. Nobody in the church should go hungry. I think that's New Testament scripture. No person in our church should ever go hungry. We should take care of each other and take care of ourselves. The word give, elmonusune, elmonusune, which means to give those who are in need as an act of mercy. Here's the kicker. The word also means with no expectation of repayment. So the giving that Jesus is talking about here is, is a giving that you give and you know what? I don't want repayment. Do you know how many times in 30 years I have had gifts? I have been so blessed As, as a pastor, I have to just acknowledge that this morning. You have been one of the most giving com, uh, congregations that I have pastored. And I, I, I want to commend you for that. This is a loving church, and I just want to tell you as your pastor that, that is, you are living what Christ calls us to do. And I just want to say that this morning to encourage you. And if I know Paul says I'm only proud in Christ, but I'm, I'm proud of you this morning. I'm proud of this church. So he says we're expected to give. This is Deuteronomy 15.11. There will always be the poor in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards the poor and needy in your land. I'm wondering if the Lord and Savior had this on his mind when he was speaking the Sermon on the Mount. But if we fast forward now, press the fast forward button and go to the New Testament, we read this, 1 John 3:17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God dwell in them? I, I counsel people, if you have the ability, this is what I think takes place. I think that God presents a need in front of us and, and wants to see if we're going to meet that need, particularly if we have the financial resources to do so. I don't mean this, don't take it the way I'm, I'm saying this, because it's said with love. If we see a need and we don't meet it, please don't try to put it under piety of prayer 
saying, Lord, do you want me to meet this need or not? Granted, there are situations, I get it. There are situations where the person has been irresponsible with money. They have been irresponsible in the way they live. That would be the only addendum I could tack on to this. But if we have a young family in our church or somebody has a need in our church and we fail to meet it, I think it's problematic. Let the chips fall where they may. Here's, here's the illustration that Jesus uses. Sound no trumpet before you. This is funny. In other words, look at me. Look at me. R.T. France is correct when he wrote this. Sound no trumpet is probably metaphorical for calling attention to oneself as in other ancient literature since there is no literal use of trumpets in connection with almsgiving, which is clearly attested. So you didn't go into the temple, I'm giving. That wasn't it. Jesus knew that they knew what the trumpets were for. They were the shofar, and it was, it was to call for worship, but it was also a way of getting people's attention. So as they're listening to this, they go, wow, okay, I'm not supposed to make a loud noise. Give without making a loud noise. I think a couple of weeks ago I shared about the guy that was going to loan the church money at 5% interest. The church wound up getting the loan for 3% or something like that. Okay. Okay. And by the way, it was the same guy that snapped the $100 bill. Hmm. I don't know about that. I think that's wrong. Sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, that's at church, and in the streets. So what is a hypocrite? Well, let me, let me show you from a, a, a wonderful movie called The Remains of the Day. Mr. Stevens, don't you wait. That bus is always late. Come in out of the wet. You must take good care of yourself, Mrs. Ben. You too, Mr. Stevens. Promise me that. Oh, yes, I promise. You must try to do all you can to make these years happy ones for yourself and for your husband. We may never meet again, Mrs. Ben. That is why I'm permitting myself to be so personal. If you will forgive me. Thank you, Mr. Stevens. Oh, here it comes. It's on time for once. Pleasure to see you again, Mrs. Ben. Goodbye. Take care.
great movie by the way Anthony Hopkins he is a good actor there is no doubt about it he said pastor how do you get hypocrite out of that well let's look at the word hypocrites hypocrites it means a pretender one who acts one who wears a mask that's what both of them were doing they would be called hypocrites of the day because they are merely acting We become hypocrites when we act as if we are on a stage. Literally, the word means actor, one who play acts, is a hypocrite. Can't you imagine the Pharisee standing in the courtyard announcing their giving? That should not be how the child of God does their giving. That should not be how we do our giving. That they may be, this is Jesus. I, I want you to realize Jesus is attacking the system. The system of the Pharisees and the scribes who have broken the system and used it and abused it for their own glory. He says it right here. That they may be praised by others. Doxazo, that sounds like doxa, which is praise. Yes, doxazo, deserving of praise. And he goes on to say, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. When you get on a stage in a way of giving and you announce it, you know, I did a really great thing here. That's your reward. That's it. That's your reward. So, don't broadcast your giving. Don't let people know what you give and how you give it. But the better way to do it and the right way to do it is to do it privately. To do it privately. This, this is why I love the secret envelopes for giving. There's only one or two people in this church that know what you actually give to the church and that's a good thing. And he starts here with self-unawareness. But when you give, it's expected, to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And you remember a couple of sermons ago, Jesus never used the left hand when it's prominent, particularly in the right hand, which is still the position of honor and, and uh, prestige and power. So this is what, what we call an idiom. An idiom is a way to make a statement about something. But the question is, what does he mean, your left hand not knowing what your right hand is doing? There was a shofar box as you walked into the temple. And the shofar box was always on the right side. And you would see people drop money in with their right hand. So the left was not even involved in it. And if you want a closer look at what this um, 
This is called the Zedekah. And the Zedekah, you ready for this? Was the called the righteousness. The giving. It's exact, exactly what Jesus is drilling down to. So not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing is a, a sense of um, just giving without thinking about it, without dwelling on it. Ian Campbell is all over this. The problem is not just that we like being congratulated by others. We also enjoy being congratulated by ourselves. In Christ's kingdom, however, the greatest motive for our needs or our deeds of charity ought to be that God will have all in all the glory in what we do. And I think based on this left hand, right hand idiom that Jesus uses is the idea of we give in secret, but then we don't go, wow, you know what? I did a really nice thing. Or we meditate on, on, you know, God, it was so wonderful what I did there. We're not supposed to think about it. Not letting the left hand know what the right hand is doing is you don't meditate on it. You, you don't think about it after you do the act. And so you've got to be careful with that. Even, even though we're, we're not broadcasting, we've got to be alert and a careful to the fact that we can't congratulate ourselves. Boy, I feel good about myself doing that. You ready for it? In your own heart. This is really tough. This is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. It means that we let go of our lives, that we give ourselves to Christ and his will and his commands, and we follow him without exception. And we just say, Lord, I am giving my life to you, and I'm not even going to pat myself on the back when I do something nice. But I'm going to leave that because this is supposed to be a secret thing. Isn't that interesting? Zedekah. The box is called the righteousness. Jesus knew what he was talking about and everybody that was in the sound of Jesus' voice knew that he was talking about the Zedekah in conjunction with giving. Maybe do something like this in the future. I've thought about this too. Send a card with just money in it so that you're careful that you don't violate this. I get it. Most people, they've given us gifts. I'm, I'm not saying you can't do that, and, and I'm very appreciative of that. But I have received envelopes. I, I want you to understand this. I have received envelopes with just cash friendly gesture with no return address. I think that's a really good way to do it. And it's interesting, it's, it's interesting how God always seems to meet the need when that happens to you. You ever notice that? God will take care of your needs and he will take care of you. Now, the purpose of this 
so that your giving may be in secret. Cryptos. Well, that sounds cryptic. Well, it basically is. Cryptos is something that is hidden. It is also an idiom in the Greek language. And it is something that is done in the darkness. My New Testament professor, when I was in Bible college, said something one day, and this is 30 bunch of years ago. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And I wrote it down that day. And this is what he said. You are no better a Christian than what you are in the dark. You are no better a Christian than what you are in the dark. So that your, your giving may be in darkness, secret, hidden. Even from yourself, where you don't go around dwelling on how good you are and what great things you just did. And notice what he says here, and your father who sees in cryptos. will reward you. Patir. I love that word, patir. It's father. And it means two different things. First of all, it points to the God of creation. Think about this, the God of creation. Many of you know, I don't mind hiding it. I love the moon. It's it's visible every night, and I, and I think about people that drive their cars, they walk down the street, they pay no attention to it. But this was a day, uh, time that I saw the moon, you can see through my telescope. And I said, you know what, I'm going to drill down a little bit on this, so I stuck in my Barlow lens. And I got my Barlow lens out, and all of a sudden, the daylight turns to darkness, because I'm zeroed in. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go farther, boldly further than any man has gone before. So I stuck in my three times Barlow lens. This is the same, the same day. It's daylight. It was a weird thing. Sometimes the moon's out in the daylight. But. So I stuck, I put in my three times Barlow lens. And this is what I came up with. And I think about the patir the Father, who created this, this God who created the universe, cares about me, cares about my life, cares about me becoming more like him each day and less like myself. And then I read Psalm 8, 3, and 4. When I look to the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, God did that, folks. Hopefully when you go out tonight, if you can see the moon, you think about the patir, the father. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? This God that created the universe and everything that dwells in it. Who is God that he would even consider me? Human beings that you care for them? And yet this great God who put everything into place Secondly, it means that God cares for his people. Patir. 
the God of the creation of the universe cares for me. And this God, this God says that he will reward you. Amazing. It is amazing. And this great God that we worship will reward you in secret. I wonder how many times we have blown our reward because we have either patted ourselves on the back or we have done it merely to be seen by men and women. In closing, let me say this. First of all, God expects us to give. We're to be givers. You think about why we're to be givers is because what we have been given. You know, you've been saved. You've been redeemed by the blood of the land. That's the greatest gift of all. And God expects us to give. I don't think we're supposed to, every time George Washington comes out of our wallet, it's screaming. That's not how we're supposed to live our lives. We're supposed to be generous. Jesus didn't say, if you give to the needy, if you give to the poor, if you give to the church. That's expected. That is expected. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't get on a stage and announce what wonderful things you have done to the world. That's not, you don't need a banner. We don't need a banner. Don't let others know you are giving. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't think about it. Just give it. And I think if we do that, I think that we will glorify Christ. And we will glorify God with our lives. Don't you want that? I do.